Welcome to Microgrid Knowledge, where we provide news and analysis about microgrid development and trends. This is Lisa Cohn with Microgrid Knowledge. What's the difference between green power and community solar? Joining us today is Erica Schroeder-McConnell, attorney for the Interstate Renewable Energy Council. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com. Hi, Erica. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So PG&E just uh, unrolled something that it called a Community Solar Choice Program, and it sounds like this is something that you worked on, and I'm interested in hearing um, what you think about the issue of is it community solar or is it green power or does it really matter? Sure, yes, I worked on it. I was involved in setting up the rules for the program. Um, it's part of their Green Tariff Shared Renewables Program, which came out of um, legislation called Senate Bill 43. And it's a good question you're asking about whether it's community solar. There are actually two pieces of the program, and one of them looks a little bit more like what most people would consider community solar. So on one side, you have the green tariff program, which is one where customers would sign up with the utility and basically get up to 100% of their energy from solar energy um, from new construction that utility uh, that the utility PG&E or SCE or SBG&E has put into place to, to serve them. Um, so unlike kind of your more traditional green power programs where it might just be RECs, renewable energy credits from out-of-state power, this is coming from new renewable energy in California. So that's the green tariff side. Mm -hmm. um, on the enhanced community renewable side, that is kind of more familiar um, to people as community solar. So a customer would sign up with a developer in a particular project, maybe in their community or somewhere nearby, and they would pay the, the developer to participate in that program, and then they would receive the benefits of participation on their utility bill through credits from the utility. So PG&E is going to be offering both pieces of the program um, one is just a little bit more community solar-like. So can you describe that one more time to me, the community solar option? You say customers actually sign up with the developer of a new project? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is called in the vernacular of the program the Enhanced Community Renewables component. And I as a customer would sign up with a particular developer with a project that somehow met my interests and my needs, and I would pay to participate in that project. And the developer would have an agreement with the utility and kind of tell them, this customer of yours has signed up with me. You need to credit her bill um, for participating in the project. And through kind of a, a process of balancing the costs and benefits of that energy, I see the impact on my utility bill from participating. Now, it, is it possible to get in California 100% of your solar through this kind of program? Yep, on both sides of the program, both the green tariff side and the enhanced community renewable side, you can sign up for up to 100% of your um, of your energy needs uh, for from renewables. And what's the cost? Is there is there a premium? Yeah, so that that's one thing that um, IREC, the organization I represent, is very concerned by is that it's going to cost more to participate in these programs, and in some cases, significantly more. Um, 
what what we were seeing from the utilities during the implementation process was about a two to six cent per kilowatt hour premium. Um, and you know, keeping in mind that sort of the average rate is 15 or 16 cents per kilowatt hour, that's that's pretty significant um, addition to your utility bill. So the average rate is up to 16 cents a kilowatt hour. Um, that's about. I don't know the exact average today in California, but that's that's around where it is. That's super expensive. Is it really that much more expensive to produce solar in California? That doesn't make sense. Well, you know, this is partly because the way that that sort of bill credit was calculated didn't look at the long-term value of these resources. It took a very short-term look at what the benefits uh, of the resources would be. So um, that, you know, in balancing the cost and the value, because the value was not examined in a way that kind of um, – showed the full value of the resources, the long-term value of the resources, you ended up with something that looks uh, much more expensive than than it is. Um, basically, the benefits were undervalued. Um, the other kind of piece of this puzzle is that the bill credit is going to be recalculated every year. So as a customer, if you're signing up, you're not going to have insight really going forward. You know, next year, is it going to be the same price? Uh, two, three years from now, is it going to be the same price? I don't know. Um, so that's another piece of the pricing that makes us think, oh, you know, maybe we need to go back and look again at, at how this is done. Wow. Um, it's really interesting. So, and is that true in the green power side as well, that it, you're still going to pay that big premium and the price will vary? Yep. That's, the pricing is very similar on both sides of the program as far as what the customer is going to see on their utility bill. And the exact numbers are going to be kind of determined as the utilities really fully implement these programs. So we don't have the exact numbers yet, but based on what sort of we were seeing through the implementation process at the commission, the two to six cent range is, is what we were seeing. Wow. Um, so what exactly is the difference then from, let's say, a customer's point of view? Do they get investment credits if they go with a community solar and work with a developer? So if they go with the community solar, I think, you know, the attraction and the benefit is that they are able to sign up for a particular project that might be in their community versus something that the utility is is putting, you know, wherever on their grid and maybe it's not going to be visible to the customer. So I think for some people that's going to be uh, really important and that's going to make them be willing maybe to pay extra money to do that. Um, of course, it kind of cuts out participation by people who can't or don't want to pay that kind of premium. Right. And are there any um, tax credits associated with the, um, the community solar? Uh, there could be tax credits that the project developer would be using to finance the project, but it's not something that the customer would be seeing, you know, in their taxes. Really, their kind of visibility into the pricing is going to be both the bill credit they're seeing on their utility bill or bill premium. Um, and whatever they're paying in the ECR context to um, participate with that developer. Hmm. So tell me, is this, um, you know, so many things that happen in California are precedents. Is this a, does this um, set a nationwide precedent, and is it a good one? <laughs> um, well, you know, there are a lot of community solar, shared solar programs out there. So California isn't the first to be moving into this space. Uh, Colorado has a program that a lot of people have heard of. So does Minnesota. But, um, you know, the way that this is designed in particular and the way that the energy is valued is somewhat 
different from other programs and I would say is not setting the greatest precedent um, as far as really looking at the short-term value of the resources. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not how other states have done it. Um, so, you know, this is something I think that's going to be a continuing conversation. The proceeding at the commission is moving into another phase where I think these issues are going to keep being discussed. So we'll see if that evolves. But um, right now it is a little bit of an outlier as compared to the other programs out there. Because the other um, the other programs are, are looking at the environmental benefits, I assume. Yeah, you know, it, it varies by program on how they exactly calculate calculate the value and calculate the credit. So um, it, you know, it just, it really, it really varies without going too far into the weeds. Um, some of them do explicitly look at environmental benefits and some of them, um, you know, say we're going to pay you some amount for the renewable energy credits associated with this power. And that's how they kind of, um, ca- kind of give value for the environmental benefits. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, well, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, so who do you think, ha- have people started signing up? I'm wondering who is signing up for these programs given some of the downsides? Mm-hmm. Well, people haven't started signing up yet. They're not fully launched. So what just happened was we saw the Utility Commission have a final decision laying out the kind of um, framework for the program. And now the utilities, including PG&E, have to go back and uh, write these things called advice letters, which really get down into the nitty-gritty details for implementation. And those will come out sometime in the spring. And once the commission approves those, that's when you'll really have the program launch and people be able to sign up. So, you know, that's when we're going to see kind of the rubber hit the road and see if people sign up, how many people sign up. Um, with these premiums. Mm-hmm. Now, could you tell me um, the names of utilities that offer better, in your mind, um, community <laughs> solar programs, so I could just take a look at them? Sure. Um, well, in California, uh, the Sacramento Municipal Utility District has one of the first in the United States um, community solar programs, so that is definitely an interesting one to take a look at. And then I think um, the other ones that, that I would say kind of offer a better value to customers and are, are fairer as far as the, the value provided to customers would be the um, Colorado program, which is implemented at Excel Energy, the Community Solar Gardens program there. Um, and then Massachusetts has a virtual net metering program that's allowed a number of um, developers to, to start projects kind of using that bill crediting mechanism. So. That's at all of the major utilities, uh, investor-owned utilities in Massachusetts. So National Grid, uh, Northeast Utilities would be two to look at there. And can you explain really quickly what virtual net metering is? That means um, I assume that you, you, you sign up and you get credits. Is that what that means? Sure. So, you know, the lingo in this area is not consistent. Um, in California, there actually virtual net metering exists, but it's just for multi-tenant buildings, so like condos and that sort of thing. And it looks a lot like um, net metering. So you get bill credits from a system that's um, serving multiple tenants in your building. Um, In Massachusetts, virtual net metering is actually understood to be broader. So you have a system that could be anywhere. It's serving multiple people. It looks a lot more like community solar where the system is off-site and the people are receiving net metering bill credits on their utility bills. Mm-hmm. And, and I assume there's a, an advantage to that as opposed to, um, I mean, so they're paying less, 
they're they're getting credits, so I assume that they're going to pay less no matter what happens, or is that not true? You know, it all comes down to how the credit is valued. So both the the Enhanced Community Renewables Program and this, this new program and the Virtual Net Metering Program rely on your utility bill to see the benefits, but um, it just depends on how those credits are going to be valued. So in a Virtual Net Metering context, um, usually it looks closer to or at your full retail rate, so you're offsetting um, a full kilowatt hour of your bill with with that energy generation, whereas um, in the Enhanced Community Renewables Program, it's it uh, it looks more like a charge because the costs are understood to outweigh the benefits of the generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean the costs are are, are going to be higher no matter what? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, that's really interesting. It's interesting to see this whole program grow. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com. 